Okay, the topic for this morning is vacationing with God. And uh, a lot of, how many of us have already gone on vacation? Ron, several of us, okay. How many of us are still going? We're getting, okay, yeah, yes. Okay, us too. Uh, we do youth camp this week, and then um, when we come back next Sunday, we'll be here for Sunday, but the burb will be loaded, and then we boogie for Wisconsin, and we're going to take three weeks, and just, it's kind of also, uh, Kayla uh, is going to be a senior this year, so it's kind of our last family vacation together, right? And so we're just going to take some time and really do some cool stuff. So we're excited about that, but the thought the thought came to me that uh, with summer on us, and many of us, like we just saw, either have just returned or are in the process of getting ready to go, the idea of a well-deserved break uh, kind of popped in my mind. And what comes to our mind when we talk about vacation? And so I thought we'd walk through some things that are, are helpful this morning. So if you got a Bible, or you got your iPad, or you got your phone, whatever you use this morning, uh, Mark chapter, isn't that strange that now we use our phone and it isn't strange in church anymore? You're not sinning? Oh my goodness. <laughs> What are they looking at besides the sermon? You know, um, boy, things move fast, don't they? It's just amazing. But Mark chapter 6, verse 31. And uh, I'm backwards here. There we go. Uh, talk about vacationing with God. This, this happened early in Jesus' ministry. He had sent the disciples out, and it was a really busy time, and he had anointed, and they went out, and some amazing things happened. I mean, people were healed. Demons got cast out. There was just some incredible stuff that popped. And they came back and they were like, blah, blah, blah. they were just like, you know, excited. But the other side is whenever it'll be just like uh, youth camp this week, right? They will just go like crazy and just they'll be out of their minds excited. But by the end of the week, what won't they know? They're exhausted, right? You ever see kids crash out? Whoop! Face plant, right? And so these guys, the disciples are a lot like that. They come back, they're running. Jesus kind of notices that this is happening. Look in the text, it says, uh, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. And then because so many people were coming and going, they didn't even have a chance to eat. He said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. First thing I want to mention this morning is we aren't the, only, we aren't the first generation to know what busy is. Right? We have our busy, but it's a different kind of busy. I grew up on a farm. We had a completely different kind of busy uh, because... What we had to do there didn't have cell phones. We didn't have iPads. We didn't, well, there weren't computers back then, right? And, <clears throat> but when it came to planting season, when it came to haying season, when it came to harvest time, boy, there was pressure and you were busy and you moved. There's the hay, it goes in the barn and you don't stop until it's done. And so each generation kind of knows a different kind of pressure. We have um, what I call now a, a 24-7 buzz going right? And it's because we never stop. Uh, when I grew up, we had uh, the blue laws. Anybody remember the blue laws? Okay, so if you do, you just gave away your age, all right? But for those younger, younger folks here in the audience, blue laws were laws on Sunday that you couldn't uh, have business open. There were only two things allowed, those things that were mercy, like hospitals and that kind of stuff, or those that were emergency, like farmers had to milk the cows, right? You can't leave cows go. So there were things, that if it was mercy or emergency, you could do those things, but then everything else shut down. So all the stores, all the malls, well, there were no malls, but the mom and pop stores, all that it was all shut down. And on Sunday, you went home because it was a day of rest. We no longer have that. We're now 24-7, 365, right? We just pop, 
Okay? And so we have a different kind of busy, a different kind of crunch, a different kind of weariness that sets in. Because the problem is when you try to find a place to rest, it never stops. Any of you notice that? It just, you ever tried to stop? Right? And you're going along, you say, okay, I'm going to stop now. And so you stop, but you've been pushing all week, right? Just So you sit down to stop, and what happens in your brain? Right? And you try to shut that thing off, and it just keeps going. And you're like, ah! Right? Because it's in your head, and the rhythm's in your head, and you've got to really consciously unplug it, or it just keeps, the, the rhythm just keeps bouncing like that. Well, that's what these guys were facing. The text says they had just come off of that kind of ministry experience, one where they had saw, saw God work, and just they were elated. And so, uh, but they were tired, a lot like Shannon's VBS crew last week. Right? You see them after, how was VBS? Awesome. they were just exhausted but it was such a great week it was so much fun and uh but here's the deal uh even because of jesus himself you think gee if i get with jesus it'd be okay but uh that didn't happen for them because jesus himself was drawing uh, a huge crowd so it says that people were coming and going and they were so busy they didn't even have time to grab lunch right i know what they had for lunch you know bagels or locks or whatever but they you know they 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 couldn't even grab something to eat and so jesus kind of looked at that and said hey guys let's uh let's let's take a break but he kind of says hey guys follow me let's boogie out of here grab some lunch and and break rest he probably didn't say boogie that's mitchell's revised standard version all right but uh the idea was let's get away let's 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 shut this down for a little bit and uh when he said that, there's three things that uh, I think we should note this morning that are Im- important. One, here's the first thing. First thing is that Jesus had already anticipated a need and had a plan. He knew they were going to be tired, right? Um, I already have a plan for my children because I know by the end of this week they are going to be tired, right? And I know that if we leave on vacation and we try to pound it, they will disintegrate within the suburban. Right, so we've, I've already got that factored in. Likewise, I think we have to remember that you know Jesus knows when you're tired, He knows when you need a break, and a lot of times if we just ask Him, He's actually built things in and anticipated it before you got there with the prayer request. And He did that with the disciples. He knew what was going on. He knew they were wired, but He also knew they're tired. So he says, "Hey, come on with me. Let's let's go take a break." Second thing is uh, they went to a quiet place. Let's go to a quiet place. Isn't that? Isn't that what you think of in vacation? Right in the Northwest here, when we think of that, we think, oh, the Washington coast or the Oregon coast or Lake Chelan, right? And when you get there, you just kind of go, ah, right? Know that feeling, right? Just, it's just, ah, say that with me. It's so refreshing. Ah, and that just feel, ah, I'm on vacation. Awesome, right? Doesn't it feel good? But that it's, you know, everything stops. There's no traffic. There's that kind of stuff. Um, uh, some of my favorite times are just sitting at Wapato Point out on the deck looking at the mountains and watching the sunset and just go, wow, just gorgeous. And that's what, uh, it was a quiet place. And then the third thing, they were to spend some time alone with him. Notice it wasn't just to get away to get away, but the idea there is that their refreshment, their rest would come from him, just being with him. And, uh, I think that's important as we go on farther table. We'll, we'll talk some on that. But just the break. So the point I want to leave with you is that the break was designed so they could spend some time with Jesus. Right? Now hold that thought for a minute. 
And I want to jump to something else and then we'll come back to it. Um, it it's, um, we need to add another piece uh, to develop this thought some more because it's never good theology to build stuff off of one verse. And I've just obviously pulled one verse here. And the question would be, well, Steve, are there other places in the Bible that talk about this or um, are there some other things that would back this up? And glad you asked. As a matter of fact, there is. All right. So if you go into the Old Testament, what you'll find out uh, prescribed by the law uh, from the Lord given through Moses was that there were national holidays, Jewish national holidays that were put in place. And these holidays all had certain specific functions or meanings for them as a group of people. And so uh, they were put in place uh, for, by the Lord. And as a matter of fact, um, many believe, if you read a lot of Bible scholars, that the Jewish holidays, the Jewish festivals, are actually germane to Jesus' coming back. That they actually spell out uh, how that all works. And you can actually study what the holidays were and what times of year they were. And it'll tell you something about the return of Christ. Now, we don't have enough time to go into that this morning. But my buddy, Ben Russell, he's sitting right over there. Ben, raise your hand. If you want to follow that further, Ben's done some studying on that. And uh, just get him started. And you better have enough time because you won't be able to stop him. But there, it's really fascinating stuff. There's a rabbit trail you can follow. But for our topic this morning, one of the festivals that was put in here was the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles. And uh, in several places in the Old Testament, you get a description of this holiday. So look with me. Take, again, your Bible and turn with me to the book of Leviticus. I know, I know. Can anything good come out of Leviticus? Well, like Philip said to Nathaniel, come and see. There's some good stuff in there, all right? And uh, so you got Genesis, Exodus, third book in the Bible, Leviticus, right? And uh, it's kind of known as the law book, um, all the keeping of the code kind of thing. But... Leviticus 23, and we're going to start in um, verse uh, 33 here. And, and I have to do one qualifier. So my Bible is NIV, and I just went to my new computer, which is a Mac. Uh, I'm learning. And uh, it's very exciting. And, um, and so my computer on that doesn't do BibleSoft because Mac doesn't do BibleSoft. So now I have Logos 5, right? This is, I'm really into this. I'm savvy. And um, Ben's smirking over there at me. But so Logos 5 doesn't have NIV. I noticed this morning that I was reading and it has ESV, right? So even though on the screen is NIV, I'm reading out of ESV. And when I get it figured out, I'll let you know, okay? So, but this is how it reads. It says, And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the people of Israel saying, On the 15th day of the seventh month, for seven days is the Feast of Booths to the Lord. On the first day shall be a holy convocation. You shall not do any ordinary work. For seven days you shall present food offerings to the Lord. On the eighth day you shall hold a holy convocation and present a food offering to the Lord. It is a solemn assembly. You shall not do any ordinary work. These are the appointed feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim as times of holy convocation for presenting to the Lord food offerings, burnt offerings and grain offerings, sacrifices and drink offerings, each in its proper day, besides the Lord's Sabbaths and besides your gifts and besides all your vow offerings, besides all your free will offerings, which you give to the Lord. So the idea here was that 
it was a Sabbath and then a week of celebration and then another Sabbath. And the Sabbaths were to be days of rest. Special days, of, not just for individuals, but for the nation. Going on, on the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the produce of the land, you shall celebrate the feast of the Lord seven days. On the first day shall be solemn rest. On the eighth day shall be solemn rest. And you shall take the first day, the fruit of splendid trees, branches of palm trees, boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. You shall celebrate it as a feast to the Lord for seven days in the year. It is a statute forever throughout your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. And you shall dwell in booths for seven days. All native Israelites shall dwell in booths that your generations may know that I made the people of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. And so this feast of booths, or the old translation was tabernacles, right? idea of tabernacling together. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. But he says, you shall dwell in booths for seven days. So in modern language, you know what we'd call that? Family camp. Right? They were all to go out, they were to get branches, build booths, basically we'd use tents, right? And then they were to have a national holiday together where they went camping. And in the process of camping, they all brought out their good stuff, right? All, it's all the good food it mentions in here. You say, oh, how awful to keep the law. What a kick. A week-long national holiday where you go camping and get the barbecues out. That sounds like a great time to me. And so they, they rock and roll this whole thing and um, they, they build this, uh, like, like this week we're going to go to the youth camp and we're going to set up tents everywhere, right? Well, that's the same idea we're talking about right here. Just come out, celebrate together, build booths, and then celebrate to the Lord. So here's the ideas behind the holiday. Now let's talk about that just a second. Said they were to break from the regular jobs, routines, and schedule. And when you think about going on vacation, isn't that what you do? Right? It's a break. It's a, you don't have to do... Now, in our day and age, though, that doesn't work so well because we have these wonderful devices called cell phones and iPads and uh, computers. So what happens is, as you come back, you have two choices. You're dead either way you go. Right? You're already nodding. You already know what I'm going to say. You either keep up with all your email during your vacation, whereupon your wife is furious with you, in my case, or you let it all run, and then you try to pick it up when you get back. Now, for me, personally, if I do that from Snoqualmie Pass on, it just, Because uh, I know I will come back to three, 400 emails minimum. And I'm going to have to spend that amount of time clicking through. Right, first you go through all the jungles. Okay, now you've got 250 left. And then you've got to click on, okay, which ones do i got to answer immediately? Which one, Right? And you're like, why did I ever, you ever ask the question, why did I ever go on vacation? It's harder, too hard to come back. So uh, there, there's uh, some drawbacks to the modern day conveniences here. But they were to break. The idea was, the Lord said, hey, you've been busy as a nation, you've worked hard as a nation, shut it down. Shut it down, take a week and this is not a have to, this is a get to. Let's have a celebration, let's have a party, all right? And so that's what uh, they did. The second thing, as I mentioned, they were to build booths. So it wasn't where you stayed in your home stuff, but you had to come out. And there's something about when, how many of you have done a family camp together? We've got to get that thing kicking here one of these years because it's just, you're just out together. 
And there's something about waking up in the morning, walk out with your coffee, and, hey, how you doing? And you just sit around, you talk for an hour, and go, that was so cool. I mean, in church, when you visit in the lobby, isn't it amazing if you even get five minutes to say hi to somebody? And then somebody else says hi to you, and, you know, and five conversations later, you go, where was the first person I started with, right? Because you just ricochet down the lobby trying to say hi to people. And you realize, boy, hi, how are you? Fine. That's kind of it. But family camp, you got all day, you can talk and you, you know, you can worship together. And it's just like, and so God knew that. He knows how we're wired. So he pulled them out and said, hey, get out together and be in booths. They were to enjoy the best food of the land. And so they brought out all their preserves, their jellies and jams and all the stuff. And hey, try this. Ha ha. You ever go to family camp and somebody brings some out? Oh, that's so good. Right? So this isn't a have to. This is a get to. This is a, a big a big kind of celebration. Another thing they're supposed to do, they're supposed to worship. Okay? Big part of this whole event is that they would spend the week worshiping together, that it would just be in a special way. If you've ever been to like family camp or camp or like this week, we'll, the songs are great because you don't have to act like you're in church, Right? And you can do fun things like this, and you know you can, you know, and just do all those crazy songs together, and you know, and you can jump around, and you can go, hoo, 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 and you don't have to be pastoral or anything. It's really cool. And so this idea was that they could just break it, broke out, and it break out. It wasn't this big formal, but you know, some people would be playing over here, and some other people over here, and Carl and I'd be playing bluegrass over there, and right, and then it would just all break out together, and they would just have a great time together, just kicking the whole thing off. And it was like, it was idea was designed for worship. So behind that, I want to say, celebrate. It wasn't this gloomy, oh, Lord, my God, you are so boring. You know, it's, it was celebrating. It was reminding them that they were his children. Ah, oh, dad wants to spend a week with us. Wow. Look what, let's tell the stories. You know, one of the great things about family camp, what is it? stories. Boy, you sit down. Have you ever gone to something like that and you sat down and saw this person and thought, oh, I seem like a nice person. Wonder. And so you ask them, well, what's your story? And they sit down and tell your story and you go, you had no idea. I tell this and I say this till my dying day. There are miracles sitting next to you this morning and you don't know it because you don't know the story. It is unbelievable the stories that exist just in a room like this of what God has done. And when you hear the stories, like when we have the baptisms up here, right? We have the baptisms and they tell their story and they get baptized. What do we have in our church? Celebration, right? Everybody clap. Wow. Okay. That's what this was to be. It was to be that kind of celebration, that kind of celebratory kind of event. And last but not least, they were to rest. God knows that we have a hard time shutting down. And so he built in a national week of rest and said, stop, stop, okay? It's time to stop. And so uh, what I want to suggest with these six things is these are wise advice for us today. And so let's look at um, some wise advice for our vacations. So if, you're, if, you're, if you've already gone and you're going to go, why didn't you preach this three weeks ago, Mitch? Okay? Uh, but, well, you can do it for next year. And if you're going, these would be some wise things for our vacation. Here's the first one. Number one, we are to go on vacation with God, not from God. All right? We are to go on vacation with God, not from God. Um, 
we don't take a vacation from obedience. Just because we're away doesn't mean we have the right to sin. Uh, many Christians have the mindset that vacation is where I get a chance to do some naughty stuff or some sassy stuff, let my hair down a little bit and indulge. Uh, I, I don't know how many times that, you know, the old uh, on commercial on TV, uh, what's done in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? What a convenient life for our culture. I got news for you. What's done in Vegas does not stay in Vegas. It's got sticky, icky tentacles to it, and it follows you all the way back home. All right? It's just a wreck. And I've had couples that said, we thought it would be so much fun. I go, you idiot, what were you thinking? You know? They call it Sin City for a reason. Hello? You know? And it's kind of like, seriously? And so here's the idea. Sin is still sin, and it will kill you at home or on the road. It doesn't matter. All right? It's not a respecter of persons. And this is the other thing about sin. It doesn't care when it kills you. It just cares that it kills you. Remember, we're talking about the scandal and the trap. There's a lot of ways to bait us into sin. It doesn't care when it does it. It just cares that it does it. So if you think, well, okay, I'm on vacation. Sin's not the same. Sin goes, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. I'm very different on vacation. It won't bother you at all. Boing. Okay. Sin is still sin. So the idea here is that the emphasis, I want to emphasize a vacation is a break from the regular schedule to spend time with God, not away from him. All right. And so the idea this morning is, have you ever thought about inviting God on your vacation with you? Would you come and be our honored guest? Would you be with us? I'm looking at Jim and Linda, they're nodding. They just had a whole tour like that. A wonderful deal. And you just go across uh, like, and see the Lord's hand and stuff. You know how this works. Like, um, you know, you, you see stuff that the Lord set up ahead of time. You go, how in the world did he know that? Or you go to a place and something works out and you go, wow. Or you get delayed, right? Road construction. And then you realize, wow, maybe the Lord was saving, protecting us from something. That if we were 10 miles down the road, we wouldn't have wanted to be 10 miles down the road if we saw what's actually happening. Invite him in on the trip with you. Second thing, we should worship while we're on vacation. I want to say this and say it again. Go to church when you're on vacation. It is the coolest thing to show up and see what God is doing in other places. Just, it's like, wow. I mean, you hear uh, sermons, you meet people, you see, you go, oh, this is encouraging. I got I didn't realize God was doing this across the the board. I had one family, they went down to California, they came back, and they handed me the outline. And I said, well, how did you get my outline? You were in California. I said, Steve, it wasn't your outline. It was this, this is what the pastor in California preached. He said, so either you stole his outline or he stole yours, you know. I said, I don't know the guy, man, you know. And uh, it was just an incredible thing. Now, he didn't have a Wisconsin accent, but the outlines were almost identical. And when you see that and you go, wow, the Holy Spirit was orchestrating that kind of stuff? That's just really encouraging. So I encourage you to, to go, or how many times you walk in a church and you well, nobody's here, and then you run into people you know, right? Uh, just, uh, that happens to us all over the place. It's just fun. Like, so I encourage you to go to church and, and to see what God's doing. Uh, if you're in a place where you can't do church, like if you're up at Cooper Lake or you're up somewhere out in the wilderness hiking, then dads, you do church, right? Just, 
your family's church where two or more are gathered. If you got five, you got a church. All right? Dad, you can bring a message. Okay? Your kids go, oh. You, you do the message. You know what they'll remember after? Our dad did church and he did a message. It was awesome. Okay? So you got to just work through that. And, but make yourself, make your church for yourself. Have time of prayer and worship together. Here's the third thing when you go on vacation. Let Jesus communicate or have a conversation with you while on vacation. You know, that whole idea when Jesus said, hey, come, come away with me to a quiet place. You know he wanted to talk to him. You know he, wanted, he had some things he wanted to share, some stuff he wanted to, to pass on. Um, private conversation. You know, he wishes to do the same with me and you today. Hey, while you're there, let's talk... Quiet times on vacations are some of the most spectacular things. Um, some of the best quiet times I can remember is over at Lake Chelan, sitting out, looking over the lake at the mountains and sitting out on the deck and it's like 80 degrees in the morning and you're just reading scripture. It's just really cool. And you know what's cool about it? There's no time crunch. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to read one chapter, be spiritual, and then run to work. You can just spend time reading or on one thought or 10 chapters. It really doesn't matter. You can just drink it in. And, and you hear from the Lord in a different way that way if you take the time. So uh, I just want to encourage us on that, um, that he still wants to uh, spend time with us. So stay in the word on vacation. Let him, let him talk to you. And then the fourth thing is celebrate with him, not from him. All right? This is close to some of the stuff we said in the first point, but uh, this really kind of comes down to gratefulness on vacation and the idea of of celebrating with the Lord. Uh, we can really... Have you ever been a grump on vacation? Other people fly. Not Hawaii. Right? You ever done that? Just grumpy buckets, right? Don't like anything about it. You're just grumbling and mad. Why? How come other people get to go where it isn't? And like, you know, a big part of vacation, a big part is just celebrating... The fact that you get a vacation doesn't matter where it is, that this is what the Lord gave you and you get a chance to do something together with your family. Uh, And it's just really easy to end up with vacation envy. Um, Well, I would have been excited if I could have gone where so-and-so went. You ever hear that one said before? And, And there's a real danger in here when it comes to celebrating. One of the things I want to say is don't spend your tithe on your vacation. Okay? When we get vacation envy, we say, I, I deserve, I'm owed. And so then the only way I can get what I'm owed or deserved if I take my tithe money and I spend it on my vacation. I want to suggest to you that's a disaster on several fronts. Number one, it cuts out finances for here. Duh, let's just put it on the table. Number two, it spends something you're not probably supposed to spend on in the first place. But you know what the third thing is that really takes it away? It takes away from gratefulness in that first love. And you end up making vacation more important than your first love. How good is your vacation going to be when you do that? Boom. Right? So I, I, I just be content, be grateful, celebrate, whatever you get. Right? Um, bless them for what you can do, not for what you can do. And then the fifth one here, let him provide rest. You know, have you ever tried to go on vacation and provide your own rest? Right? And usually when you do that, 
you come back more tired than when you started. <laughs> oh, I'm exhausted, right? Uh, the idea here is let God by his Holy Spirit breathe rest into your soul. The old word here was tabernacle. And the idea of tabernacling was dwelling together. Uh, if you remember the old translation, if you go in the Gospel of John, it's if, if you will abide with me, then I will abide with you. That idea of abiding together was this idea of tabernacling. It was camping out together, being together. There's something about being in a tent. You ever is laying in a sleeping bag, you can have conversations in a sleeping bag talking that you can't have anywhere else in the world. That's the idea of just, you know, uh, tabernacling together. Hang out to fellowship. Let him restore you. Let God bring rest. If you uh, try to pound through it, dads, it just falls apart. I, for example, I know this week that uh, we'll be at youth camp, and I know something about my kids that they won't know about themselves. And I know that at the end of the week, they will be, one, highly energetic and out of their minds excited, and two, exhausted out of their gourds, right? So if we leave that next day, Sunday, and we pound for Wisconsin, how well will they do? It's going to disintegrate right within the suburban, right? And so we're just taking short hops, short breaks, and got some things built in. I've thought it through already because I want rest. I, I know my kids need rest. They've been running nonstop. And so we told them this time, hey, it's just us. We're going to stop. We're just going to go. And um, let God build rest in there. Okay. So wrapping this up a little bit, when you think about vacation, here's the point of the morning. When you go on vacation, who do you go with? Do you go with the annoying neighbor down the road? Or do you, do you find the people in church you don't like and say, hey, come on vacation with us. I'd like to get to know you better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. No, when you go on vacation, who do you go with? It's your family. Usually it's the people you love. The best vacations in the world are when you've got friends who are just pals and you don't have to do anything, right? You just walk in and you start playing dominoes or something, you're talking, whatever, hey, and you're laughing and it's just like you could just be yourselves and talk and it's just so refreshing. The idea there is you go with people you love. And when we talk about that this morning, when we're talking about taking a break from the regular routine and spending quality time together, wouldn't it make sense to take along your first love on vacation with you? We can take a lot of loves on vacation and we can go after a lot of loves on vacation, but wouldn't it make sense to take your first love? Why not invite the Lord Jesus along as your honored guest on your vacation this year? Let him be with you. Can't you just hear him say, hey, can I come along? You know, he loves his kids. More than he loves his kids, he likes his kids. This is one of the big things in the Christian life. Most of us know that God loves us and we're like, okay, fine. And what we say in our mind, unspoken, is, well, he has to because he's God, and he died on the cross for our sins, so he has to love us, and that's just what God has to do. But if you ask yourself, does God like you? See, that's a little trickier, isn't it? Well, I have to love you. Do I like you? You ever say to your kids, I love you, but I don't like you right now? Okay. Does God feel the same way about us? Is that, is that the same, you know? And one of the things, one of the most opening, refreshing things in the Christian life is to find out God likes you. Yeah, you. Yeah, the way you are. Yep, flaws and all. He likes you. You know why? Because he knows what you're going to be. He can see it. We can't. But he can see it. And he likes you. And he wants to spend time together. We're a better place to do that than on vacation. Hey, 
Can I spend some time? I'd like to spend some time with you. Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be awesome. That's the idea of vacation. Now, I want to throw one other uh, point in here uh, that ties to this, and it, it actually has to do with the fall. So here's some coaching in summer for the fall. Uh, some of you, not all of you, but some of you may have noticed that training camp opened for the NFL this week, all right? And uh, I'm looking at eyes and smiles right now, okay? And, uh, and, that, and that's a big thing um, if you're into football. And uh, there's a, just this year an enormous amount of hype and excitement surrounding the Seahawks, right? They are rocking it, and, you know, there's talk of Super Bowl, and uh, it just, you know, who knows if it'll get there. But um, if they win, if they keep winning, as we go into the fall, it's going to get very loud as they keep winning. And uh, if they start heading towards the football, it will be bananas around this area. Trust me, uh, I know what that looks like. I know what a Super Bowl can do to a community, to a state. I grew up in Green Bay, okay? And uh, it's an amazing deal. And Rich, quit shaking your head because Minnesota's never won one, all right? <laughs> so I know, I know what that can do. And, uh, and, and you need to know, too, when I'm saying this, I'm all hawks all in, okay? I, I said two years ago, I told Rich, I actually said, there's two sleeper dri- picks in this draft that whichever teams get them is going to be wild out of their gourd with excitement. I said, the uh, first pick is Russell Wilson, and the second pick is Doug Martin, and they both proved to be great picks in the thing. And uh, I was thrilled when the Hawks picked him because I went, because I knew from my family in Wisconsin what Russell was like. And they were saying, they got to get this guy, right? And so when the Hawks picked him, I went, wow. And now all the stuff that's played out. But I want to say some things regarding um, that, uh, just to balance some things out. Number one, as we head towards fall, let's remember that football is a game and that the kingdom of God is the reality, all right? Football is actually a game, right? Multi-billion dollar game, but it's a game. It's not reality. And even if the Hawks were to win or win Super Bowl, that's not eternal life and that's not the kingdom of God. Now, can we celebrate that? Yes, we can. But there needs to be some balance here. Second thing, Russell Wilson makes a great quarterback. I'm all in on Russell. He makes a lousy Jesus. Okay? He's a quarterback, not a savior. All right? And they talk about him in savior terms. He's not the savior. He'll even tell you that because he's a believer. All right? He makes a great quarterback. He makes a lousy savior. Third thing, Russell runs a team. Jesus runs the universe. Okay, if you're going to be impressed with somebody, who are you going to be impressed with? A guy who runs 11 guys on the field or a guy who runs 8 billion? I would suggest to you, Jesus is a little more worthy of honor and worship than, than Russell is. Okay? And then the fourth thing, we need to cheer Russell. We need to worship Jesus. Okay? Now, as we come into the fall, here's, here's what I'm saying. Uh, if it comes down to cheering Russell or worshiping Jesus, we should keep first things first. Right? And what I mean by that is the NFL has been very clever, and they have now scheduled their games on Sunday mornings, right on top of church. And I actually think that's an affront to God. Right? I'll just say it to you. They know what that time slot is. And what they're saying is our game is bigger than your game. And I'm going, bad mistake. Not good, not smart. But here's the problem. Some of us are caught up and wrapped up in it, myself included, okay? And so we're like, oh, you know, do I, church or hawks? Church or, which one are are we going to pick? I think it would honor Jesus and bless him if we chose the creator over the creation, all right? So as we go into fall, besides, come on now, we got DVRs, right? 
So we don't even have to be there. You just tape the game, go home, and you can have the same football anxiety that you had before, and you don't even have to watch the commercials. It's awesome. <laughs> right? Because you don't know what's going on. Unless you've got some dumb buddy who says, hey, you know the score of the game? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Cell phone people, shut them off in the fall. We don't want to know the score. We want to be in misery and angst all the way through the game, okay? So just don't tell us. We don't want to know. But football can become idolatry, right? Now, if you're invited to a game, you're not the Antichrist if you go to the game, okay? <laughs> Hello. You know what I'm saying in balance here? Football can become idolatry. If you want to know where the modern-day high places are in our culture, they are the sports stadiums in our land. And what they're saying is, we are going to take over Sunday and we're going to take all your people. And I'm going, you know what? That throws a wrench in it for me. That, that's made it really tough. As long as they stayed on Saturday and Thursday nights and stuff, Monday nights, it was awesome. That, that one is much more troubling to me. So I just want to encourage us not to make that a point of idolatry when we come into the fall and worship at the high places of, in our culture instead of at the altar of the Lord. Does that make sense? Right? So let's, let's, while we're going on vacation, let's wrap that one well before fall hits, you know, and be a little bit uh, preventative. Let's, uh, let's keep our first love, Jesus, our first love, even during the football season, all right? Cheer the Hawks, love Jesus, all right? That's how it goes. Uh, I said in the first service, we don't have to worry too much about the University of Washington Cougars right now, so it's not much of an idolatry problem. So <laughs> the Hawks might be, so my wife's a Husky, so we go from there. All right, what I'm saying is this vacation, let's invite the Lord. Let's invite him in. Take him with. Be the honored guest. Let's join in prayer. Father, as we've prayed about these things, some of them are pretty funny, some pretty practical, some of them pretty real. And we do get drawn away. We do get enticed by other things. We do, um, unfortunately, sometimes minor on the majors and major on the minors instead of keeping you our first love. And Vacation can be a place to do that, Lord. It can be a place of temptation. It can be a place of um, drifting away from you instead of getting tighter with you. And Lord, we end up making our life with you a have to and another thing to check off the list instead of the great get to. Would you help us with that? May we make you an honored guest. May you be welcome on our vacations. And may we have a time to rest and get refreshed. And we ask this in your name. Amen.